Namaste. Prayers and meditations. As always, the Divine Mother shows us the way, the goal, and she is ready to give us as gifts the boons that humanity needs. What we need most is not what we think. And what the Divine is willing to give us, very often we turn our eyes and our consciousness away from that. So, she is praying for us as always. She knows that man will not ever understand what he truly needs. You see, when children uh, are there, they some children ask the parents for say something to eat. So nowadays the in thing is noodles. So in India we have Maggie noodles. And one day, two day, maybe the mother will make it. But if he keeps asking for every day, a wise mother, a mother who really loves, will not do so. The child may feel unhappy, but she will give something which is nutritious, which is healthy. It's with all the mothers in the world. There is nothing to do with this mother or that mother. It is how mothers are. And the divine mother is the divine mother. So if we keep asking her for things which are ultimately going to give us pain and suffering, she will give initially so that we learn from the experience. But if we don't learn after repeated experiences, she will say, no, wait, this is not what I want to give you. I want to give you things which are eternal and lasting and permanent. So we see how Shirobindo had this wonderful experience of nirvana. And this is something the mother is ready to give us if only we ask her. Very often people ask this question, how can I have peace? How can I have the stillness of mind? How can I silence my mind? The answer is very, very simple. We don't have to go through the way that Shurabindu has gone. Sitting alone in a room and throwing away the thoughts. Shurabindu himself says it is very, very rare, very difficult for any human being to do it. Uh, though it is, if one can do it, it's very fast. But it needs a real, real, somebody very strong in will and determination like Shurabindu. But let us know that, uh, you know, our own limitations. So for us, the way is very simple. And the way is to turn to the mother and ask her for it. Ask for peace. Ask for silence. Ask for stillness. Ask for anything and she can give. Uh, when somebody asks Shurabindo, is the realization of this yoga is higher than Nirvikalp Samadhi? Shurabindo says, yes. And if she wants, she can give you the Samadhi, the Nirvikalp Samadhi. If that is necessary for your progress. There is a very interesting story of Amrita after which we will come to the prayer. But just uh, we can say the prayer is January 7th, 1914. So uh, she is going up her room through the stair and there she sees uh, in the veranda Amrita and two others are sitting and reading something. So mother says, what are you reading? So Amrita says, I am reading the life divine. And then he adds, mother we are reading Brahman about Brahman but mother we understand nothing so mother says ah you understand nothing and then she gives a little knock on their head right here in the center of the head and then she goes now this little knock is enough to give them the experience of Brahman consciousness they go into trance when she is coming down after half an hour or whatever time she sees they are all projected into the Brahman state then she brings them back 
And then she says, my child, I can give you Brahman realization like this, but we have come here for something else, for something greater, for something more. So for us, the path is very simple, to turn to her, to surrender to her. Just as she surrendered to Shurabindo, and just as we see Shurabindo in his early Baroda days, of which we have read just now, he surrenders to the Maharashtrian yogi Vishnu Bhaskar Lele, and just sits like an obedient child, unquestioning surrender. So with that state, if we can ask her, she will give us what she has brought, and she has brought it to give to us. She is like a mother who wants to give us these gifts, but it is we who don't ask her for these things, we ask for something else. January 7th, 1914 Give peace and light to them all. O Lord, open their blinded eyes and their obscured understanding. Calm their useless torments and futile cares. This is a bondage we don't realize. The Gita speaks of the Asuri Sampada. Tormented by a thousand cares and anxieties. All the time we live harassed and worried. So she is asking the Lord to calm these torments, futile cares. Even care about her life, preserving her life. What a futile care. Especially for somebody who has given his life to the divine. Even otherwise, what has to happen, will happen. And while it doesn't mean we should be imprudent, we should do whatever we need to do. But to be all the time filled with fears and cares, that's not a life which is the life of true manhood. So she is praying to the Lord to give us Freedom from all these useless torments and futile cares. And when she asks for the Lord, the Lord grants. That's how Shurabindu says that the divine grace is the word of the supreme. And then second thing she is asking, open our eyes to true understanding. People often say we can't understand Shurabindu. Well, we have in the uh, Indian legions a very interesting Little, not a story, but it's just as you cannot understand Krishna unless you go through the grace of Radha. So we cannot understand Shurabindu unless we go through the mother. So all that is needed is, mother, I don't understand. I am a fool. Please make my understanding, illumine, enlighten it, broaden my mind. She will give it. But we must have that trust. The thing is, we are so much lost in the self-sufficiency of our intellect. That we don't turn to that one door. She can just clear all the obscurities and give us understanding. And then first thing she asks is peace and light. So three things she asks the Lord to give us. Peace and light. To open our eyes and clear the understanding. And calm us of all these torments and futile cares. Which are constantly whirling in our head and our heart. Turn their regard away from themselves and give them the joy of consecration to thy work without calculation. Turn their regard away from themselves. All the time we are thinking about ourselves. This is the misery. 
and turn it away from that regard and live in the joy of service of the Lord. We see Swami Vivekananda when he once, you know, his uh, mother and sister, they were going through a lot of poverty, a difficult period and Swami Vivekananda, he, you know, he was a brilliant student from the Presidency College and he could have done very well in life. But he had left all that and come to Sri Ramakrishna. So, knowing Sri Ramakrishna to be a, you know, he, he, he had both Tantra Siddhi and Vedant Siddhi and he could do any miracle if he wanted to. So, he says, why don't you pray to the Divine Mother to help my family members. So, he, Sri Ramakrishna tells him, why don't you go and pray? You have an equal access. Everybody has an equal access. You don't need a mediator between you and the Divine Mother. Mothers will not like it. Imagine if mothers come to know that my child is wanting this through somebody else. <laughs> she would give it. But she would much prefer if a child goes directly. That's why in this yoga there is no scope of intermediate gurus. Though there are many. But no guru is needed. The Divine Mother herself is uh, not only much more than enough. Going through anybody else is like taking an indirect via media route. So directly to her we can approach so he goes and tells Mother Kali, he stands in front of her, then after some time comes back. So Sri Ramakrishna asked him, so you asked? He says, no, I couldn't ask. So go back, fool, go back and ask her. Again he goes, comes back. Did you ask this time? No, sir, tears rolling down his cheeks, I couldn't. Go back, you idiot, stupid boy, go and ask her, she will give you. <laughs> and a third time he comes back, she says, what can I do? When I stand in front of her, I cannot ask her about my mother and sister. <laughs> I end up asking her, Jnana, Bhakti, Vairakya. I ask her for wisdom, for knowledge, for devotion, for faith and for detachment from all worldly things. These are the true gifts that we should ask from the Divine. And receive the joy of consecration to the Divine work. But very clearly, she, see, there is a qualifier without calculation. Not that if I do divine service, what will I get? Will I get realization after this much time? Will I get moksha? Will I get this experience? Or worse still, gross things. What reward I will get worldly? Will the divine look after this need, that need? Will I do this? Will I achieve this? Will I have promotion? Etc. Etc. When once uh, someone asked the mother, Mother, there are people who have come. Uh, all the way, they have heard about the supramental manifestation, the event. And they are asking, how will it benefit us? And the mother suddenly in their, in her Mahakali Bhav, but why should they get anything? Why do they want anything? Why should the supermind oblige them? <laughs> so, <laughs> what have they done? And then she says, the spirit of bargaining and calculation so the disciple is now shaken and says, but mother, you know, they have come all the way. She says, so just because they have taken the trouble to come all the way, therefore they must get something from supermind. And then she says, this spirit of human beings to calculate and bargain, this is what comes in the way of the divine. So he says, but mother, what should I tell them? Now they have asked me to tell you, ask you. So she laughs and says, tell them, probably it will give them a few blows. Blows? Yes, so that they may grow sincere. So, we have been all the time asking the divine for the wrong things, for a change. Let us ask now at least for the true things, for the lasting things, for the eternal things. And not just for transient things. This, you know, people are being obsessed by a virus. It's a small wave. 
I mean, there are many such waves, more drastic waves. This world has been destroyed. Pralaya six times, ice age has been there. Uh, epidemics have been there. Destructive wars have been there. And yet, the spirit of man has grown and come this far. Let us take the final leap, the leap of faith, the leap towards truth, the leap that is worthy of her help, of her grace. At one place, the mother says that you... You must ask Shurabindu for things which are eternal, for the transformation in you and in all who are called for it. This is the only thing worthy of Shurabindu's help. Of course, he will help. If we go with, as she recounts, somebody with a pain in the stomach and she saw Shurabindu, looked at him, nothing. But there was a subtle hand which came, picked up that little dancing black spot in the belly and threw it far. We can ask him, but what is worthy of? The Lord of the Lords, the Lord of the Worlds, His help, the Supreme, that make me one with you, make me like you. So, she is revealing to us how to work the joy of service without calculation. So, those who are not getting this joy means their service is tainted with ambition and egoism. That's why Shurabindo says that uh, a faith... Uh, tainted by ambition and egoism is a low and smoke obscured flame that cannot rise upward to heaven. It cannot bring down the bounty, the reign of the divine. Without calculation or mental reserve. In another, in another letter, Sri speaks of different types of bhakti. He says mental bhakti, it tries to uh, analyze, understand, it wants visible proofs to believe in the divine. Then there is the vital bhakti. The vital bhakti says that I have this demand, satisfy my this demand. And as long as the demand is satisfied, demand is satisfied, till then it has a bhakti. But the psychic bhakti is not like that. It knows the divine, loves the divine and wants to serve the divine regardless of whatever the consequence. And that's the path that has been shown to us by those who have passed before us. Let Thy beauty blossom in everything. Awaken thy love in all hearts so that thy eternally progressive order may be realized upon earth and thy harmony spread Till the day when all will be thyself in perfect purity and peace. A whole program she gives for us. First, understanding, light, peace, consecration to the divine work, quietening and calming of all this whirlpool of desires, cares, anxieties and fears. Then, love for the divine, the blossoming of beauty, not only in us but in all creatures, and this love for what? Not to be just satisfied with our love for the divine. There is a class of bhaktas, the traditional bhakti is like that, that the devotee is very happy in ecstasy because he feels the divine presence in his heart and loves the divine. But what is this love which cannot translate it into service of the divine in the world? So this love is not the love of the traditional kind, but a love that is aspiring to bring a divine world here, a progressive divine manifestation upon earth, which is willing to die and come back a thousand times, a ten thousand times if need be, 
until each grain of this earth is molded into the perfect one. So this is how it is ready to go back and come back a thousand times. It is ready to renounce everything just as Shurabindo renounces the personal realization in his own body and being so that the divine will, the divine work, the divine truth, the divine peace, the divine harmony and the divine beatitude in all its purity and peace and splendor is established in every particle of dust upon earth. This is the aspiration he is communicating to us. Oh, may all tears be dried. All sufferings relieved. All anguish disappear. This is what we must pray for. We are praying for the disappearance of one virus, only for another virus to come. <laughs> this is not what we should pray for. What is the cause of all this? Is ignorance. Cause of suffering is ignorance. Cause of suffering is restlessness. Even when there is no outer malady. Were we happy? No. We were still suffering. Suffering finds a door to enter into our lives. Individually, collectively, as long as there is fear, as long as we are constantly concerned about our own little self, we will suffer. Whether it be this way or that way. Now it is only that we have joined in a collective suffering. Which is okay, let us turn this collective suffering into a collective aspiration that may all suffering disappear. May all tears be dry. May all ignorance vanish from earth and all anguish disappear. And what should take its place? Not our usual, we go back to the same life of same hurried, rushing, we don't know towards what, not that feverish excitement once again, that Chat Pakodi ki dukan, that cinema shows and everything else like before, but something else. What should take its place? And may a calm serenity dwell in the hearts of men and a potent certitude strengthen their mind. The calm serenity of the Lord. May it dwell in our hearts and a certitude which is powerful. See, certitude is a power. So she is using the word potent and she is using the word strengthen. When someone asks the mother, if I have faith that I will be cured, does it mean that it has already been granted? She says, yes, it may take place that way. So the very fact that we have the faith that I'll be cured is itself an indication. This certitude which springs from faith is an indication that it has already been granted. That's why in our nursing home, now of course we do 100 things, but what is the message mother gave to the ashram nursing home? And it's applicable everywhere. Finally, it is faith that cures. And what do these illnesses do? They steal faith. They steal hope. They steal surrender. Instead of that, they make us surrender to our anxious mind, to the doctor, to this, that, hundred things, except the one place where we must have faith and surrender ourselves to. This is how, they, this is the Pash of Yama. They first steal hope. They fill that place of hope and faith with fear. Fear is a sign of lack of trust in the divine. So this certitude, so she is asking us to have that 
potent certitude not that certitude which is oh maybe may not be yes the mother is there but then you know all other things are also there you know we keep we have these two sides of the brain the left and the right in the left brain we keep all the kachras the the doubts the fears the anxieties in the right brain we keep a little corner for the divine so it doesn't do work like that we have to place the divine in the center and with his light and certitude throw away everything away from us that is the lamp we need to light within us this lamp of light and peace this lamp which dispels all darkness from within us that will win the victory this lamp which is like a love radiating within our heart this lamp which wants to give all a sacrifice of service to the divine may thy life circulate in all as a regenerating flood and may all turn towards thee to draw in this contemplation energy for every victory what is the life circulating within us it is poison mother says we breathe poison as we take breath in the world and this pollution is not just about uh, the oxygen levels and the carbon emission and the global warming of course that is only an outer symptom but we are breathing the poison of hatred the poison of doubt which corrodes the poison of jealousy the poison of fear the poison of ambition even if we breathe a very pure air this is enough to stifle our soul and finish us look at the nations which claim to be developed and how they succumb to fears and hatreds and jealousies and ambition is that development really worth it develop we must but integrally so she is asking that life the life of the lord let our breath become one with the breath of the lord let us be driven by the breath of the lord as a leaf in the tempest to wither he takes us so she is asking the lord's life to be circulating in us and not just as a little stream but as a regenerating flood that mighty current of life that shakti let it come and give us energy and strength and whatever else we need and as a result of it and as a cause of it the cause for it may all turn towards thee to draw in this contemplation energy for every victory if we think it is our victory if we think it is the victory of human beings over this disease or that virus or whatever it is if we think it is the victory of so many people within a certain country or if we think it is the victory of medical science and research then we are doomed to face another onslaught and another failure this victory itself will carry the seed of failure you see shurbindo reminds in swaraj it is not our victory but it is the victory of god who is the leader that is how we at least in india where this knowledge and wisdom is there we should know it is the divine who is the victor and with his breath with his life with his power there is nothing which is impossible and it's good time to remind ourselves about the story of the kain upanishad where all the gods are parting that finally we have won the victory so we must be careful about it and as they are parting suddenly the divine appears the eternal appears as an unknown person yaksha 
So Indra says, who is this claimant to the party? Who is the one who has come? It is only for those who have won the victory. And he sends Agni to find out because Agni is Chat Vedas. He knows all the births. So he goes and says, sir, who are you appearing on the threshold? Do you carry an identity card? So he says, no, I don't have an identity card. Uh, wherever I go, I go without a name. And I just enter wherever I wish to. So Agni says, that won't do. What is your qualification to enter here? So the Yaksha, the Eternal, the Divine asks a counter question. But who are you? And what are your qualifications? So Agni says, you know, I give birth to all things and I devour all, th- all things by my power. And so he says, oh, very good. Picks up a blade of grass and says, okay, this you devour. And Agni rishes upon that blade of grass with all his might and fails. He goes back ashamed, his head hung in shame and tells Indra, I couldn't know who is this. And then why you? And the same question and answer and who are you? And what force is in thee? And the why you says that I am why you. I expand all things and I can fly all things, blow all things. Because of me, the universe expands and contracts and comes to life. I am the giver of life itself. So, once again, the divine, okay, make this blade fly. And he rushes with all his strength but cannot. And he goes back and he tells Indra again, his head hung in shame that I know not who is there on the threshold of this wonderful meeting. So, now Indra goes but he cannot find the eternal. Indra is the um, the mind, the divine mind himself, the mind of God if you want to put it. Uh, he says, Rakshi can see all around but he cannot see. And so he follows him subtly in the subtle ether and there he discovers the divine mother Uma Hambati. And she says, none other but the eternal, the divine himself had come to remind you that it's not your victory but the victory of God in man. And because of the eternal you have won the victory and do not forget it. And then Indra comes back, humbled and gets the lesson. The important thing is, have we as human beings learned the lesson that whatever we may be doing as doctors, as engineers, as scientists, as politicians, as leaders, as policemen, in various fields, ultimately it, is, it needs common sense to understand that it is the strength and power of the source, the one. And once we consciously become one with that power, then what is impossible for man? What victory is not possible? We go back again to that famous words of the Gita. Wherever there is Arjuna, wherever there is Krishna, there there is victory, there there is delight. So with this, we close. May thy life circulate in all as a regenerating flood and May all turn towards thee to draw in this contemplation energy for every victory.